The answer to that question is I don't believe in a forever home. I don't think that anyone should put that kind of pressure on themselves. Have you ever been haunted by the idea of a forever home? You know, the house of your dreams that you'll live happily ever after in forever? No, thank you. (laughs) Not for me. I don't need that kind of pressure. Well, if you're like me, you are in good company because my guest today, Julia Markham of the very popular home DIY and design blog, Chris Loves Julia, she agrees with us. For the past 12 plus years, Julia, along with her husband, Chris, have been renovating homes and sharing all about it with the world. Embrace your home at every stage is Julia's mantra. And she is definitely doing that right now as their family of five is living in the middle of another remodel after a recent cross-country move to North Carolina. Do you have a pressing question about parenting but don't know who to ask? We are women supporting women, and we've got you. I'm Vanessa Quigley, and welcome to the Mom Force Podcast brought to you by Chatbooks. But before we get to the conversation... The hustle and bustle of the holiday season is here, and let's face it, lots of it can feel hard. But Chatbooks is easy. We've got everyone on your gift lifts covered. Make a classic chatbook for the grandparents, the kids, your best friend. Heck, even the babysitter would love one filled with photos of them with the kids. Just make an album on your phone with all of your favorite memories. And here's a pro tip. Try filtering your camera roll with the AI faces feature. It saves so much time. And then put all those memories in a chatbook. Or how about month books? Have you seen our Chris Loves Julia designer month books? They partnered with Chatbooks to create a designer collection that is so gorgeous it can double as home decor. Month books are the easiest way to hold on to your memories. 30 photos straight from your camera roll each month. And if you already have a subscription, order a duplicate set for the grandparents. Or buy a gift card to get someone started on their own subscription. I hope that helps. Happy holidays and happy chatbooking. Hello, hello, Julia. I am so happy to be chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about all things related to making a house a home. This is your area of specialty and you recently moved, right? How long ago was that move? It's so mumbled jumbled in my head (laughs) that I am like, when, how long have I been here? Where am I? This is like something I haven't really shared. And so this is personal. And so let's just get personal. But we moved from Idaho to North Carolina in June and we ended up moving into a hotel until July. With three kids? With three kids, we moved to a hotel until July. I kind of start from July, even though I guess we left Idaho in June. So it's a little, it's a little vague. (laughs) Oh, it's all blurred. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, the home that you created for your family in Idaho was spectacular. You you. personalized, renovated. I know you put your heart and soul into every nook and cranny of that house. And I imagine it was hard to leave. Like, tell us about that. Honestly, sometimes I'm still like, why did I, what what are we doing? We're in a really difficult place right now with this house. You know, we've only been here a couple months. And I think anytime someone moves into a new house, it just takes time for it to feel like home. And I don't really think that we're there yet with this house. And to be honest, our Idaho house, we had just gotten there pretty shortly before we moved and it 
felt like home and it, you know, it takes time though to add those personal touches. But I also think it's just about finding your routine in a house and it being really familiar that kind of helps it feel like home, you know, knowing where, what every light switch turns on, like Mm -hmm. that's what helps it feel like home and being able to walk down the hall to a bathroom without turning on any lights at night. You know, those like little nuances that I think we take for granted until we move into a new place and maybe you have all of your stuff and you have your family and those things, those things go a long way. But yeah, every house is special. And that Idaho house was really, really special. We didn't finish it completely, but we're so happy and proud and grateful for the opportunity that we had to live there. Yeah. And in the end, the house is just a thing, really. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it's the shelter over your head, but the home part you can take with you. And that, that feeling of being able to walk through the house with the lights off and know where everything is, that, you know, that comes with time. We moved into this house eight years ago, and we had, there's so many light switches, and I still have the the little labels on it. I had to label everything just so that we could get to <laughs> get to know like how to how to turn the fireplace on, how to turn the spotlight on. But more and more people are moving these days, especially with the pandemic and people having mm-hmm. more options for working remotely. We live in Utah right now, and we've seen a lot of people coming to Utah because quality of life here is pretty great. Um, but so for people that are anticipating a move, I know you had a bit of a rocky experience with your move, notwithstanding the month in the hotel, but with the actual <laughs> movers. So mm-hmm. can you just share with us any specific advice you would have for people who are moving? Things to be aware of? Yeah, we shared a bunch of like red flags on chrislovesjulia.com a few weeks back because we got bamboozled out of a ton of money. Our stuff was being held hostage. I'm like, I can't even believe that you're counting this as a service. Like anyone that pays movers should have the same experience. And we like, I'm like, this is, it was just a complete nightmare. And so I would say like, beware of honestly, even like moving brokerages. And I know some, some people like don't agree with that, but I'm just telling my own story here. I'd be really aware of moving brokerages. If I could do it again, I would probably just hire someone to pack the moving truck one place, pay someone to drive it across the country, pay someone to unpack it. And I would just do it all myself. So that was something I hope not only we, but no one ever has to go through. It was a complete nightmare. Well, (laughs) and I know you did, you did a blog post outlining all of it. There's an Instagram TV. If you guys are interested, if you have a move on the horizon, go check Mm -hmm. it out. Learn from their experience. It is really, really crazy. We've had several moves. And in the beginning of our family, my husband, he had a great employer who you know, paid for everything. It was literally, I didn't have to do anything. They would come in, they would pack up the trash, the, the full trash can if I didn't you wow. know, intervene. They were just like, I didn't have to lift a finger. But then when we decided to to live the lives of um, entrepreneurs, we've been doing our own moves and it can be so stressful without all of the craziness that you've had. So let's learn from Julia. Go check yeah. out the blog post. Well, honestly, that's kind of like, we're like, this the only the only thing that we can do from this is hope is help it not happen to anyone else. So. Right. 
And, you know, that's what I always do. If something really terrible happens, I always have to try to find the good about it. And mm-hmm. in your experience with the platform you have, you're able to share a word of warning to everybody else, mm-hmm. especially as a lot of people are moving and relocating about your experience. So thank you for being so transparent about that. Yeah, so of course. N- now you guys are in North Carolina. And I know people are wondering if this new home is your, quote, forever home. And that is a term that I I don't really love. And so I would love to get your take on that. And, and what's your answer to that question? The answer to that question is I don't believe in a forever home. I don't think that anyone should put that kind of pressure on themselves. Amen. I think it is such a glorified term. Like we thought our last house was our forever house. And I might have even said that. And, you know, two years later, I'm like putting my foot in my mouth. Like, yeah, I was wrong because life changes and life throws you curveballs. And Mm -hmm. I think it's way, way more important to always be adaptable. And so if you're saying, well, I can't pivot because this is my forever house. Well, then to me that like just cast aside like all opportunity for growth. Exactly. And so is this our forever house? And don't even no. believe. No, we don't believe in that. <laughs> we don't believe in that. Do we really hope that we can stay here for a really long time? Do we hope that our girls can be raised here and go to school here? And yes, absolutely. That's yeah. That's our plan right now. Years and years and years ago, after my first child, I was struggling with secondary infertility. And I had my whole life mapped out. We actually started trying for our second when she was just nine months old because I wanted my kids this spaced and we were going to have, we bought a house and we were going to fill all these bedrooms and that was not happening. And, you know, it took us four years to become pregnant with our second child. And Mm -hmm. in that time period, I really adopted the mantra, like be open to whatever happens next. I really try to continue to live that way where I have ideas of what I want to do and where I want to be and who I want to be doing those things with, but I have to be open and stay open because not only is that how opportunities come about, but that's also kind of the joy of life is experiencing all of these different things. And I'm probably the least spontaneous person I know. And I think everyone that knows me would say the same thing. (laughs) And so that is a really difficult thing for me to do and accept is like, I don't know, I can only hope and I'm just going to keep every day just planning what I have control over. Yeah. And I think when especially when you're young and starting your family and you you have an idea of what you want, your life to be. And I think that's great to like set goals and, and, you know, have a vision, but be 100% okay with things not working out according to plan. Because heaven often has lessons that we need to learn and experiences Mm -hmm. that we need to have that we might not be anticipating. And I know, for me personally, and with our own family, we've been thrown many, many curveballs. And, you know, when it comes to building the forever home, like you mentioned, the pressure, we've actually seen people in our lives who have worked so hard, like the sole focus of their lives were this was building this house. And, mm-hmm. and it actually consumed them so much that their family fell apart as a result. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever seen that before? Like it just it becomes 
every so much focus is on the actual house and all of the things that are going into it that there can sometimes be power struggles within the couple. And then, I don't know, we, we've seen some really sad things that's kind of scarred us. And so my husband and I are like adamant that we actually he's adamant we will never build a house because <laughs> so many things but so i'm all for renovating a house i don't i don't ever need to build a house but i i love that mindset that you know we're open for whatever and you know we moved to utah here eight years ago we were living in florida before where i grew up i'm a seventh generation floridian when we were living in that house i imagined where we'd host all the kids wedding receptions mm. like i was good to stay there forever a couple blocks from the beach but then we had, you know, it became really clear to us that we needed to move to Utah, which later we realized it was because this is where we needed to start our business, Chatbooks. And when we moved here to Utah, I thought we'd only be here for two years. I even kept all of our moving boxes because that wow. was <laughs> gathering moving wow. boxes was such a pain. Stuffed them all in a room in the basement. And then one day we were just like, you know what? This is great. Let's just let's just stay. And so who knows how long we'll be here. But that's such a great way of of thinking about it. And, you know, another thing that I think adds a lot of pressure to, to to people as they, you know, if they're in their homes trying to make their house a home is this layer of social media where you see what everyone's doing to their house. And it, it feels like, oh, well, my house needs to be perfect and it needs to look like this. And, you know, our parents weren't like that. Like, do you remember going into your your friends' homes and every house was completely different based oh, yeah. on their background and their experiences? And now it kind of feels like everyone's house looks the same. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I grew up in a red brick colonial house. And so when we bought this house in North Carolina, which is a red brick colonial house, mm -hmm. I felt really at home. And I think that was something that maybe subconsciously, it felt familiar. And that's why when I saw this house, I was like, I think this is the house. As far as everyone decorating their houses the same, I actually, I feel like in the the houses that like my friends' houses and my family's houses, I feel like we all have really different houses. And I think that there's some people that have that skill and have that creativity and maybe a little bit of the confidence to be able to try to start something new, but also allow their homes to be a reflection of the people in it of what they like and don't like. And I think some people don't have that creativity. And that's kind of where I've always felt like my place on this earth is, or at least my corner of the internet is. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, if you need an idea, it's fine. Like that's, if you want to follow me for ideas, I'm totally fine. If you want to copy everything I do, fine. Mm -hmm. Don't like start an Instagram account to copy everything I do in do it in your house and then you know try to pass it off as your own like don't do that but like if you're just someone that doesn't have the creativity to make your house feel like something that you feel proud of I think that's a great feeling that I hope everyone feels like I want everyone to be happy to be in their house and I know that there's a lot of talents that I'm like oh I can't do that at all like I have I have like zero music ability. I can't carry a tune. I can't even find a tune. I can't even like pick a karaoke song. And so when I like see someone that can pick the perfect soundtrack to something, I'm like, can you help me do this for me? I don't think that making a house, like designing a house or decorating a house is a skill that everyone has. 
that's like why hearth and hand collection at target is so popular Mm -hmm. because it's like okay here we're like spoon feeding you all of this stuff and yeah it everyone's is gonna have that in their house I do like encourage people to put the you in your home and like have all of that stuff if you need to copy off someone copy off someone who cares but also make room in your house for something that is just for you and is unique to you. And I think if you do that, then it might spark some creativity, even even more places in your house. I know that the things that are special to us, whether they're sentimental or things that we've DIYed or like a little something that maybe no one else is doing, like those are the things that I feel most proud of. And so I obviously want people to have those moments in their house too. Yeah. Well, since so many of us aren't in a forever home, we we actually, we got this question from our Mom Force Facebook group. Rochelle asks this, and I was wondering if you could weigh in on it. She says, my husband is in grad school, so we are mm-hmm. currently renting. I've always found it hard to make it a home because I feel I can't change things up the way I want. Any tips or tricks for decorating a home that isn't yours and that you can put too many nail holes in the wall? What specifically would you say to Rochelle? This is such a good question, Rochelle. And it's one that I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat of like, okay, I'm renting or like, how can I, how can I make this feel representative of me? The great thing about a rental is it's generally a void of all personality, which might not sound like a good thing, but it's like a blank slate. Like they're not going to choose like a bright colored carpet or a bright color wall. It's probably like beige city. So that's a, that's a blank slate. You, you get to do whatever you want. Things that I would highly recommend is investing in things that you can carry with you. For instance, art, art Mm -hmm. can go on walls in an apartment or a house. And those are the kinds of things where when you're not spending money on renovating a kitchen, maybe make a little budget for things that you can take to a house down the road. Art is a huge one and adds so much personality and command strips. I mean, no more excuses for I can't put holes in the walls. (laughs) Command hooks, like they have you covered. Two, like area rugs. Put an area rug over your carpet 100%. They make carpet pads now that are made for rugs. They have them on Amazon. Just search carpet pad over carpet. I think window treatments are huge. If you can hang curtains nice and high, because usually rentals generally have lower ceilings, put it as high up to the ceiling as you can and nice and wide to make the window look a lot larger. And then the last thing, a lot of times in a rental, you can't change the lighting, which I think lighting is huge. But one thing you can do is you can put as many lamps as you want. And I think one thing that really makes a house feel homey are lamps. I mean, even one of my really close friends who has owned her home for a decade, she did not have one lamp in her house. And I'm like, what are you doing? Lamps are essential. Your life will change. Like, I promise you, you will love hanging out at home after the sun goes down if you have a lamp. You're going to feel like the cozy factor just went up to 500. I agree. So get yourself some lamps, art, area rugs, window treatments. I think you're set. 
I love it. And a little shout out for the blog. I love how specific you get when you talk about lighting, about light bulbs, because that is a really important thing. Now we can buy light bulbs in the range of colors from bluest blue to yellow, yellow. And um, tell us just right now, what is your favorite light bulb? Okay. My favorite light bulb color is 3000 Kelvin. And I usually use that for overhead lighting. If I'm doing a lamp, sometimes I'll do 2750 Kelvin for like a little bit more of a warm glow, but 3000 Kelvin is where it's at for me Mm -hmm. all the time. So if you don't already know that you need to be aware of this, I know I've walked into people's homes and it's like, there's blue in this corner and there's yellow in this corner. And you just don't know, you just grab light bulbs because Back in the old yeah. days, that's what you did. You got 100 watt or 60 I know. watt. And it's, it's not about watts anymore. No. It's not about watts at all. It's like lumen is how bright it is. Kelvin is the color. If you can like remember that, you'll be solid. And then the other thing is, even though you can't change generally light fixtures in a rental, you can definitely change the light bulbs. Yeah. And that would go a long way. So, okay, now let's switch gears. Let's let's say that, you know, we are building a home or renovating a home and we're ready to invest in something. What is your splurge item? And would it be in the construction or in the furniture? I, I tend to lean towards the furniture because we've moved so much and I don't want to like lay yeah. in like expensive Italian marble that I'm going to have to leave behind. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Oh, Okay. If I was building a house, I would invest in as many windows as possible. Windows. Yes. This goes back to light. I want all of the natural light in every house that we've lived in. We've added windows and windows are expensive to, I mean, I think in the building process, that's why people usually skimp out on windows because it's like, well, I mean, that's a lot. That's going to be a lot. It's going to be expensive. And it's like, if, if that would be what I would splurge on is to make sure I have maximum natural light. Every single room would have a ton of natural light. If I was renovating, I think that, and I actually wrote a post about it today. I think that lights have like the capacity to change a room completely. Like a room could, it, I, I said, it's like the equivalent a lot of people say like hardware on cabinets is like the jewelry and like lighting mm. is like the shoes, makeup, access, like literally everything else. I feel like I could take any room that someone didn't like and I could swap out the light and they'd be like, oh, this actually looks not bad at all. And I think that contractors put builder grade lights everywhere. If you look up, you'll probably see just like a light that literally every house has. And so I think swapping those things out is a worthy investment and something that I'm like super interested in. And then I love what you said, like something that you can carry with you. I've had a long time goal to just like collect art because my sister's so good at it and she is an artist. And so she has a great eye for it. And again, I think that maybe I don't have, even though I studied art in school, <laughs> I don't have the same eyes as her. And so I'm like, well, you don't have you the like... confidence yet. That, yeah, that's I don't all it, is. it goes back to confidence. It's yeah. like, even if you think you know something, you might not have the confidence to do it. And, and you don't so need there's... to be an expert in everything. You have a sister you can rely on. I would do the same. Exactly. And so that's that's been a goal of mine for a long time. And when I walk into her house, it's like, what feels so different about this? And it, it you, it's the art. She just yeah. has beautiful art everywhere. I love thinking about that. And I keep going back to this idea that it also is just things. And you know, 
as well as anyone that in a flash, all of it could be gone because you had a home burned to the ground. Yeah. And I read on your blog, you actually wrote this about this and I loved it so much. I want to read it. You said, don't wait to make memories. Don't wait until the walls are painted or the holes are patched or the shiny new appliances arrive to make happy memories in your home. It's the Mm -hmm. reason we do what we do and it's what we have left now. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. I mean, that can make me cry. That's so that beautiful. That is like making me tear up. That was, yeah, our cabin burned to the ground. And we are so grateful that we, of course, we're renovating it. And <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> we're so grateful that during that renovation, we went up there almost every weekend. We had a Christmas there. We had a Thanksgiving there with no backsplash, with no countertops. And it kind of reminds me of like, you know, the end of the Grinch where they're like, it came without presents. It came without bags. It came, you know, these, these moments in these times in our life, they're just like waiting for us to do it. There's no rubric on how to celebrate something or how to have someone over. You don't have to have a nice house to have anyone over. You don't have to, you don't even have to have a kitchen. I'm learning that right now. We don't I know. <laughs> and we're like, okay, who do we want to have over for dinner? And I think that when you get out of your head about how something has to look a certain way for you to enjoy it or for you to make a memory there or take a picture, I'm like, please don't wait to take a picture until it's done. Yeah. Or it's never done. And we've had so many amazing memories. And a lot of times people ask us, like, how are your girls handling this, you know, renovation or this time in this house? And I'm like, this is normal to them mm-hmm. for one. For two, I don't think that they feel like they're missing out on anything, but maybe not having a kitchen right now, which is kind of a big deal. But it's I mean, also kind of an adventure. You have it, to go to the laundry feels, room to do your dishes. Yes. And- <laughs> it feels adventurous, And also it's like, oh, yeah, let's carve pumpkins. We're still doing all yeah. of like the wonderful things. We're still going to have our first Christmas here. It doesn't matter if there's this or not. Like right. this is where we live. And so don't wait. I think you're actually teaching them a really important lesson that things don't matter. It's about what you're doing in your home and the feeling that you have and the love that you share. You also say on your blog, this is not a before and after blog. And I love that. Like you go on to say, we're an in progress blog. We're a troubleshooting blog. We're a figure it out and then try again blog. And I think that's such a great metaphor for life. And you are showing this that to us every day when you're on Instagram. Thank you so much. I often worry that what we're sharing and what we're doing could be misconstrued as like, this is what matters to us. And this is important. And it's more like, hey, this is our passion. And I think everyone should have a like a fun passion hobby that they're doing. But also like, it's not the most important thing in the world to us. It's really fun for me to renovate my house and to decorate it. And I really like doing it. And I think I'm pretty okay at it. And I like helping others feel good about where they live and love where they live. But like, that's not the most important thing in the world, not by a long shot. No, and that comes out so much. And I think that's why over you have over 700,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I also love that your business partner is also your life partner. And, you know, 
thank heavens you have each other because I know that life, you know, like we talked about, doesn't always go smoothly. And it's nice to know that you're equally yoked in in this life together with work and family. Chris seems like a pretty great guy. Chris is the best. <laughs> and everyone knows that he loves you. You made sure of that <laughs> the name of your blog. Chris loves Julia. I love that so much. For those who don't know the story, like how did you guys meet and how, how did you end up making that the name of your brand? Okay. So we met in college. We would go on dates, but we were never dating, I would say. Really, he was just the best, best guy. And then I got a letter from him while I was on my mission. And it said that he had been dating this girl. And she was so great by all accounts, like he should be marrying her. Or no, he said, I didn't make him laugh or she didn't make him laugh like I did. And so he broke up with her. I was like, huh? But like jumping up and down, like so. Finally, he's come to his senses. (laughs) Well, it was kind of like we both had to get to this place. I was on my mission for a year and a half. We got back. We got married. I got home in July. We got married in November. It was pretty fast. Well, did I read that you guys kissed the day you got back and then you got engaged Uh, two weeks later? Okay. (laughs) And he, he will, he, his favorite. That was your first kiss, right? After all of these years. Kiss after like five years of knowing each other was the night I got back, and he loves to make sure people know that I kissed him. Yeah, yeah, I kissed him. <laughs> Good for I, you. Like, loved him. I knew it, and it was it was Aww. honestly the most beautiful like blossom of relationship because we knew everything about each other. We were such good friends for so long. And it's kind of like when you watch the rom-coms, you always like root for the friendship turned relationship. And so how it became Chris Loves Julia was like, I just started the blog one day while he was at work and I called it Chris Loves Julia. And I was just like, okay. He's like, yeah, of course it's true. But then it kind of morphed into this thing where I have all of these ideas for our house. And I mean, it was a very as you wish thing from, Mm -hmm. you know, Princess Bride where he's like, as you wish, I would just tell him like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And he like makes it happen. So it really, the things that not only our house have become, but like this business have become, it's really because Chris loves Julia. Yeah. And I think it just, it's so descriptive of like your whole vibe. Like I I really think that the relationship between um, parents just sets the tone for the whole family. And because you guys love each other and you're so committed to each other, you've created this beautiful, you create beautiful houses, but you create a beautiful home and a beautiful family. And that just, it just comes out like everything. And I love it. So I also work with my husband. We, We started a business together eight years ago and it's wonderful and I love it. And I think part of the reason why we are successful is because we were married for 25 years before. We kind of learned how to work through, work through things, raising our family for for 20 years or so, but it, it's not always easy. Right. Um, there's sure. definite perks. Like we love our day dates as we call it when we're working, but we get to just hang out together during the day. But I'm wondering what advice do you have for people who may be working with a spouse or even another family member? Because I know I just met your beautiful sister. I you know. have a sister on your team too. So I have two sisters on my really? team. Really? Yes. <laughs> 
I have four sisters total and two of them work with me. One is our brand manager and the other is um, head of our visual media. And she does all like the video and photography. It's amazing. Just talented, talented sisters. And then I have two other sisters that are creative in their in the offline way and they love that life and I support them in other ways. But I think the key to working with your spouse and your family is there's no bad ideas and there's no right or wrong. I'm not, I, it's never like, oh, I was right and, and he was wrong about that thing. Or mm-hmm. it's never like, oh, this was my idea. It's like, we came to this idea together and we're both owning it. And we like are just celebrating that. We brainstorm a lot in the office and obviously in our marriage, there's a lot of brainstorming, a lot of, and it's like, if you feel like you can't just say an idea that comes to your mind, then maybe that's step one. Mm -hmm. is to just work toward a place where you can freely say an idea that comes to your mind, because it might be an amazing idea, whether it has to be with about a trip or something you want to do with your house or a business idea or what you want to eat for dinner. Like just (laughs) get comfortable saying what's on your mind. Also as the receiver of that, don't ever put it down as a bad idea. Maybe it's not what you were thinking. And, you know, we say that a lot, like, oh, I wasn't thinking that. Or like, what made you think that? And like, mm-hmm. just like really talking it all out. But there's no ideas in our office or in our marriage that are bad ideas. There's yeah. just like different ideas that maybe we hadn't thought of yet. I love that. There's no such thing as a bad idea. And there are very few things that I'm willing to dig my heels on and just not budge because that doesn't usually end well. <laughs> it's a lot of I compromise. Know. But, I know. Yeah. But you're right. But being able to like throw the idea out there without worrying about getting it shot down, that's a really that's really important. Yeah. yeah. And it's really on both ends. I mean, definitely on the you have to be confident enough in your relationship to be able to speak your mind. And then you also have to be, you know, a listening ear that doesn't shoot it down. And, and I think that's been like one of the biggest keys to our success. Well, I also have a sister on my team as well. She's kind of been, a, been with us from the beginning. And I love knowing that she she always has my back. She knows me better than anyone else. And it's it's very rewarding for me, but it sometimes can be tricky. We've also seen, you know, families working together that have some hard, hard times. So so I know that some of your team moved to North Carolina with you, which I think is yeah. incredible. And I think it speaks a lot to the culture that you've built with your business. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, tell me a little bit about like, what what do you do? I mean, you've said no idea is a bad idea. I think that is huge. And that's probably infused in everything you do. Chris loves Julia. But what else do you have you done to foster such a culture of loyalty? And then what of that can translate to our families as we're raising our family? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is like such a hard question for me, because to be honest, like we were shocked 
98% of our team moved to North Carolina for us. And like, so amazing with us, like it was, it was, we had one-on-one conversations with every single one of them. It wasn't like we walked into the office and we're like, Hey guys, we're moving to North Carolina. Who wants to come? Like, no, we had one-on-one conversations with every single one of them. And every single person on our team, we don't have a huge team. It's small. There's like eight or nine of us total. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) and every single one of them is the best at what they do. I like firmly believe that they're indispensable. We told them that we were moving. We told them we would love for them to come. We offered to pay moving expenses. And, you know, just beyond that, like, I hope we pay them well. And I hope that they like working here. And I think we have fun. I can't speak for any of them, but they're all really, really good at what they do. I think we're just doing something great here. And so. And you are fun. I mean, I'm just meeting you for the first time in real life. But from what I see on Instagram, on social media, I would want to work with you. Is there anything that you've learned while growing your business that has helped you as you raise your family? I've only been a business owner for eight years after, you know, my oldest had gone to college and my youngest was in kindergarten. And I can't believe how many parallels there are to motherhood and growing Mm -hmm. a business. Like, what's the first thing that pops in your mind is being a a parallel? One, no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. (laughs) It's true. And I think a lot of people like look at me and they're like, you know, she knows exactly what she's doing. She has a team. She has all these people working for her. She must know exactly what she's doing. And do you have a degree in this? Do you have a degree in design? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I did not study design. I don't have any web background at all. Um, I did study art and exercise science. So sometimes I kind of treat our house as like my little canvas, but no, I don't, I don't have a degree in this. And so I think a lot of people would look at me and be like, oh, she knows what she's doing. And I think a lot of people look at mom's and they're like, she's a good mom. I need to be a mom like that. Or I need to do momming this way or she has it all together because she's dressed and she's a mom and in reality no one knows what they're doing in reality like we had a planning meeting this morning where we were supposed to go over like what we're gonna post about tomorrow and like yeah like sometimes we have it all like we have things planned out throughout the month but it's a lot of we do things on the fly and I'm probably not as organized as people think and when I realize that that's the same with a mom no one knows how to be a mom until you just do it Mm -hmm. and no one knows how to start a business until you just do it you just have to do things I remember when we bought our first house I was like oh that's that's how you do it And someone just walks you through it. And I wish that there was more people walking people through that process. And I kind of hope I'm that in the home life. But with motherhood, there's no one that can walk you through it. You just have to hold your kids' hands and they're going to teach you how to be a mom to them. And so that's probably the biggest parallel. 
Yeah, and that's that's the message I try to get out in our chapbooks community of parents is there's no one right way to do it. And my hope is that every guest that comes on the podcast is sharing that very thing. We all do things so differently and you learn by trying and failure should be expected. You're going to make mistakes along the way. And that's okay because that's how we grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you've been open about is your your health struggles, because I think that's I think that played into your move. Right. Yeah. And so often when we're struggling with personal things, we keep that quiet because it's it's personal. Or it's, you know, maybe it's embarrassing or maybe it involves another family member or or whatever. Like, what's your thought process about sharing those struggles? And how are you actually? Like, how are you feeling and how has the move been on your health? I feel like we're just now kind of starting to get to a place where like health wise, I'll be able to have more good days. But I have found some incredible doctors here and the weather has been amazing for some of my conditions. I have Hashimoto's and I have trigeminal neuralgia are two things that I've been open about. And Mm -hmm. like those things just do better in a warmer, humid climate. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, I'm doing so good. And I think that, I think it's really important for our audience. I want them to like see a real side in me and see like, oh, I'm a human. Like I struggle like everyone else struggles. And I think that's why I've shared like bits and pieces of my health journey. I haven't shared all of it because one, I don't have all the answers yet. And two, I honestly feel like some of the people online, I don't feel like have my best interests at heart. And so I save those deeper conversations for people I really trust in real life too. And so it's like, I like to share some aspects so that people, I, I can connect with people. And then some aspects, I think in all aspects of life, some things are just meant for the people that are literally in person holding you up. And, you know, that is my family and Chris and, you know, my closest, closest, I have like four close friends Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's okay. Like, it's okay. I don't know, but that just surprised me to hear you say that there are some people that don't have your best interest at heart. And that's, I think I always assume everyone is like me. (laughs) Everyone sees the world like I am and would behave the way I do. But yikes. Have you had some really bad experiences or? Oh, I mean, the the internet can be a really brutal place if you allow it to be. People DM me all the time, like mean things, and I block them. Oh, I, I, what did I say yesterday in the office? Like, I don't think, but the thing is like, I don't think twice about blocking them. It doesn't live in my head because... I block them and then I move on. I have other friends that are on social media doing the things that I'm doing. And they come to me all the time. They're like, I don't know what to do with this person. They keep messaging me. I'm like, anyone that's taking up negative time or space in your head, end it and move on. Like they don't deserve that. And so I think that I've been able to do this for 12 years is because I can't, I don't have time to dwell on that negativity. Like if you're going to attack something about me personally, then I I don't feel bad all about making sure those people don't have access to me, period. I just, I just don't need to think twice about it. I think that's what the block button's for. Exactly. Let's utilize it. And also my whole thing has been like, 
I'm clearly not bringing positivity to their life, you know, so like if it's I a win-win, if, <laughs> that block it, yeah, is it's good for both I, of you. I really do. And I used to actually message them first and be like, I feel like I'm not like making a positive impact in your day. So I'm going to block you. But then I realized they don't even see the message because I blocked, you blocked right him. After. <laughs> so I just skip that stuff yeah. now. Well, speaking of social media, I saw that you actually posted last night some thoughts about the pressure mm -hmm. and stress mm -hmm. that comes with being a content creator. Like, yeah, if you're posting too much or too little or if anyone cares, and clearly some people do care. <laughs> yeah. And thank goodness for that block button. But I totally get that because as a business owner myself, like Instagram is a great platform to to build and to grow. But that daily like stress can be it can be a lot of pressure and gratefully mm -hmm. we have a great team that posts for chat books but even on my own little corner of the internet it's not anything like yours but it I do feel some stress about that but one of the things that I I've heard you say is that you credit your early success with the fact that you were posting every day posting on your blog every day and then on yeah. Instagram every day and it was that consistency that was so mm -hmm. important to your growth. So first mm -hmm. of all, that's so impressive. <laughs> it's a <laughs> lot of dedication and grit. But I agree consistency is key in your business. And also, as we are parenting our children. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. with your three children and with the move and all your health challenges and everything, what are things that you do as a family consistently that have helped you build and strengthen your family? we always, always, always have dinner together. Mm. And I think that that's something that maybe is passed off as fluff a lot, but so many great conversations happen over dinner. We are religious, you know, we pray and we go to church and we do those religious things. We practice our religion faithfully. And I think that has brought us closer together. I'm a big traditions girl. And so I like having traditions in place where we can all look forward to those things together. And, you know, on a weekly basis, every Friday night, we have just family movie night. And this also allows Chris and I to have a date night every Saturday night. It's because like our girls know that on Friday night, we're going to have a movie night as a family. And then on Saturday night, mom and dad are going to go out and we're going to have a date night. And that I think strengthening our marriage keeps our whole family strong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the holiday traditions and things like that. I read this amazing thing. There's like nine most important minutes of the day to be there for your children. The, the three minutes after they wake up, the three minutes when they get home from school and the three minutes before they go to bed. And if you can just dedicate like, if nothing else, like be there for your kids, you know, just making sure that you're there for your children at those like critical moments of the day and connect with them and disconnect from other things. It's so simple. And I remember at a young age, our oldest, she is extremely assertive and she is going to probably rule the world one day. I don't know. But at a young age, we really like, I don't know what is going on, but like, I don't know how to handle this. And it was so incredible that if Chris just got on the floor and played with her, like 
everything changed and we've just like learned like her love language is quality time Mm -hmm. and just really like tuning into what our different daughters need because every child is different and trying to give them those things and make those family traditions just gives us all something to look forward to and it kind of is a way to like casually schedule your life you know like well every Friday we're going to do this you know speaking of like an editorial calendar Mm -hmm. it really helps to fill out an entire month's worth of content ideas if you have well every Friday we do this so that's one thing kind of just helps keep things rolling yeah I love that. In fact, speaking of editorial calendars, I just started something this week that I call my Monday Magic Moment, sharing something magical that I have captured in a chat book. And oh, this, is awesome. this is a this is a great segue into our amazing Chris Loves Julia and Chatbooks collaboration Yay. for Month Books, which just might be my favorite collab that we have oh, ever done. They are so you. good and they are so you. Working with your team was so incredible because I had like such a clear vision and they were like, I, for instance, the oval on the front. Mm-hmm. Because that was like really nostalgic for me. It reminded me of the photo books that my mom had growing yes, up. And they were like, totally. they're like, really, really, I think it should be a rectangle. And I was like, I really, really, really wanted to be an oval. And they were like, okay, fine. I'm so and glad like, you, you insisted. Just those little details. Your team was just like amazing to work with. And it was so fun. It was so fun. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, one of the benefits of chat booking is it. It's, it becomes like a gratitude practice. If you're looking mm-hmm. for little magical moments through your day and you snap a photo and you put them in your books and then you can look back on them and chat about them, it is something that has strengthened our family and families all over the world. So I have a question. Is there a favorite everyday magical moment from your family that you have recently captured and put into a month book? Yes. So we cuddle a lot in the mornings, especially Saturday morning. All the girls come it's everyone knows it's Saturday everyone knows we don't have anywhere to go right off the bat and it's like our just a normal family cuddle is this normal I'm like I don't know if this is normal but I just took a picture of all five of us in our bed and um, bedhead and all yes rumpled sheets no makeup (laughs) yes I think the great thing is about chat books is we've been so programmed over the last few years to you know, well, that's not Instagram worthy. That's right. Instagram worthy. This photo's Instagram worthy. This is going on my feed. Oh, this is not going to go on my feed. And the great thing is about chat books that I love is that all of these moments belong in a book. It's for the everyday moments. It doesn't have to have like this production behind it or the perfect. It's like you're supposed to look at it and feel something and So I've been, after so many years of training my eye and myself to, you know, capture these moments that are for the Instagram feed, it's been so liberating to just capture a moment that I can look back on and it's it's printed in a book for me and my whole family to see. Mm, I love it. You know, actually, when we started Chatbooks eight years ago, it was literally an API to print your Instagram because in the early yeah. days of Instagram, it felt more authentic. It, they were literal just right. snapshots with, you know, some type of heavy filter on it too, but it, <laughs> it, it did feel more personal. But as time went on, like 
Instagram changed. I changed the way I use Instagram and it wasn't the the real raw moments that I wanted to hold on to. So mm-hmm. we 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 developed month books, which is a subscription. Yeah. Photos come right from your camera roll. You don't have to worry about who's seeing them or if they're Instagram worthy. Right. And I think even I think we, you know, we self-censor ourselves before we post anything on Instagram. Yeah. And it's like, mm, I this isn't the best picture or who would care? And it's like that's like the most amazing thing about chat books. Everyone takes a thousand pictures a mm-hmm. month. I know I take like <laughs> so many pictures a month of my kids and everything. And it's like those things that don't make it on Instagram. They have a place. They, you they still, have a place. Yes, you still need those. All right, speaking of photos, okay, you seem like a very organized person. Um, I'm curious mm-hmm. about your photo habits and curation. Now, I know you take a lot of photos and videos I for do. work, but what about all of the family stuff? Do you have any routines or habits or systems that help you keep organized as you document your family memories? Vanessa, everyone, <laughs> every literally everyone says, you seem like such an organized person. I am not an organized person. I don't know why... I'm so happy I come across that. It's the like, it's the blazer. Maybe that's it's what it's the blazer. I think it's the you blazer. Look put together. I am a creative person and I have a creative brain. I I am the person with 700 unread text messages. Yeah. That's so me too. I let my phone do the organizing for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, a friend of mine, she was like looking at my phone and she's like, you know what? One thing that would help you is if like nothing else at the end of every day, just choose one photo out of the 15 you took of the same thing and delete the other things. And so that's like one thing I've been doing. You know, now on your phone, it it recognizes faces. And so when I was putting together like a photo gift for Chris for Father's Day, I was able to just like find all the photos of Chris, like it pulled up all the photos of Chris in my phone. And so unfortunately... I don't have a ton of great answers for that one. I just let, I just print it all. <laughs> just send it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I started doing something called the Sunday, my Sunday select. Every Sunday I try to just have, you know, 10 quiet moments where I go through the week and I do what, you're, what you said, delete all of the extras. Because, yes, I yeah. take 10 of the one photo I want. Um, I also, as your girls get older, they will have definite opinions about which photos they would like oh, you to keep see, or not. Yeah. So I let my girls go through and favorite the ones they like. So I make sure to keep those and delete the ones they don't love. But, yeah, just having a little regular habit to just clear out the cruft from your camera roll is, is a yeah. great first step. Yeah, I'm I'm going to depend on your expertise <laughs> for that. I need help in that department. What is something that people might be surprised to know about you? And bonus points if you have a photo of it that you might be willing to share, something from your past or something that people would be surprised to know about me besides, besides that you're not that organized. I'm not organized at <laughs> all. I think some people don't know I'm I'm pretty silly around people like I'm really comfortable with. Like I like to let loose and be silly. I also have an immense fear of public engagement. I don't know what it is. Even this podcast, like I have extreme anxiety before I come on like a podcast <laughs> really? or which is, I know maybe that's the big surprise. You're natural. I talk, I talk to like 700,000 people, but put my face in front of them all day long. But like, I'm probably a really awkward person to talk to when you meet me one-on-one. I just am so awkward sometimes. And so that usually surprises people. How many people confuse you with Amal Clooney, George Clooney's wife? Oh my wife? gosh, that, 
that's probably the number one I get is people are like, has anyone ever told you you look like a mall cleaning? I think it's a total compliment. Yeah. I want to look like her more. So I'm looking into <laughs> how I can do that. <laughs> oh, so fun. Well, Julia, thank you so much for your time here with us and sharing so many personal things with us. And yeah. if you're not already following Chris Loves Julia, you want to do it. Sign up for their newsletter. You have got so many resources, everything from like, like I said, what what light bulbs to pick to gift guides. And what's next for you? What's next? Um, we have a lot of really exciting product lines coming out. Of course, our chat books next year, we have a lot of big ones. I can't say exactly yet, but like bucket list items that are coming out. And then honestly, I think next we're just focusing on getting a kitchen, not to bring it up again in this podcast, <laughs> but that would be... Chris, if, are you listening? Let's get that, let's get that if kitchen. If that is like the next and last thing I do, I'll be so happy. <laughs> Yay. Well, we are happy for you. Thank you so much for being a light in this world and best of luck as you continue settling in and nesting in your new home with your beautiful Thank family. Thank you, Vanessa. This is so fun. Thanks for joining the Mom Force. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and come join the conversation over on our Mom Force Facebook group and check out the show notes for a special chapbooks discount code. Until next time.